comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Erwick is gone, the canisters are gone, we've got nothing here. Damn it! You are now on a secure channel and ready to listen to 24, the Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast. This is a podcast focused on the Fox television series 24 and its new mini-season, Live Another Day, which is now premiered. I am mail clerk Aaron Newworth, writer for Why So Blue and the host of the film podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe. And with me is also from Why So Blue and the Naptown nerd, Special Agent Brandon Peters. Who is not a mole, so far. <laughs> and from Cine Maxwell, it's Senior Director, Maxwell Haddad. Who was about to be arrested by those sirens you hear from outside the window. Hello. Can't be stopped. The events of this podcast occur in real time. Tonight's episode, we are talking about the premiere of 24 Live Another Day, Day 9, which takes place between 11.06 and 12 a.m. to 12 p.m., and then the episode that follows it, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. They had a cold open, so they had to do 11.06. That was good on you, Kiefer Sutherland, for announcing the right uh, time for that one. But we did it, guys. We're 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 at 24 now. We're we're watching the actual show. We're not recapping the season, the series anymore. Are you guys excited? Yes. Oh yeah. I I I felt like it was an exciting opening for a series that's been gone for a long time and is now finally back. Yes, it was basically you know giving us the the Jack side of things to kick off, and pretty much the first hour was Jack's sort of setting up Jack's game. It, it was Jack heavy without him like actually speaking for a good portion <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> This is true. What is... At, one, at once it felt familiar, like they didn't forget their bag of tricks, but there was also enough what the hell happened over the last four years mystery to make it feel new and like time has passed. Mm-hmm. Sure. It was a, a welcome return. I was really like like hearing the clock sounds and, you know, remembering the old tricks, the way, you know, towards the end of an episode one uh, Square would, you know, slowly shrink on a, you know, threatening moment. It was really just almost surreal. Like, wow, this is new 24 material. It's like when we went and saw episode one and there was like a new crawl. Yeah. You're like, wait, I have to read because I've never read this before. What is the, what is the, what is the amazing synopsis for this premiere episode, uh, Maxwell? In the premiere episode of 24 Live Another Day, Jack Bauer attempts to thwart an unthinkable terrorist attack that could change the world forever. It's pretty clever. Something they've never done before. It's not really vague cool whatsoever. Come back and... How difficult is it to not confuse this with Die Another Day? The <laughs> James Bond film. I honestly did not think of that until you just mentioned it. <laughs> like, I've never actually considered that James... But then again, I don't really think about that James Bond movie. And I know Brandon yeah. does all the time because it's one of his favorites ever. But, uh, yep, yep, love it. Um, <laughs> Holly Berry, best Bond girl ever. Let's uh, let's do some. Let's see. Before we get to the the actual episode, let's get to some some show notes here. Because uh, I I I like to think that now that the show's actually started, there will be you know more listeners. So welcome. We'll, we'll, Hello. We'll, 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 talk, we'll be talking hey, about twenty four. Yes, we'll be talking about the series now on a weekly basis as as it plays on and go over all the different story beats and new plot twists and what have you. But um, with that said. Uh, you can, of course, uh, email us at jcadventurecast 
uh, we're at JC AdventureCast on Twitter, and you join our, please like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash JC AdventureCast. But biggest announcement here, uh, we have our official iTunes feed. Uh, this actually came um, before I even posted the third episode. We have our own separate iTunes feed. Now we're, we are still with the master feed for HHWLOD, but you can, of course, subscribe solely to the Jack and Chloe AdventureCast on iTunes. You just have, you know, search 24 Jack and Chloe, and you probably find it pretty quickly. Um, but we also do need reviews and ratings. It'll help other people find the show. It'll help our show out. It'll just make, you know, it'll, it'll enhance the opportunity for our, us to keep doing the show with the ease that we do it as, and give us more listeners and what have you. So it really help us out there. Let's see. What else happened before we get into things? There was the Gotham trailer. The, um, that, that made its debut during this uh, broadcast of the 24 Seasons of Mirror, which seemed like a good place to debut it. If there was any mystery as to whether or not Fox was picking it up for series that clarified it, followed, of course, by an actual press release. Yeah, right. <laughs> did you, you Maxwell, you watched the trailer. Did you uh, did you enjoy what you saw? I did, actually. You know, uh, obviously, we're in a period where superheroes are everywhere in our media, um, and they, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, they were on TV a lot, and they kind of left, and now they're having a resurgence with the excellent Arrow, and... Now, Gotham, I was impressed. Um, obviously, it's just a trailer, but um, I, I liked the visual tone. Um, I liked um, the costumes. It seemed very uh, noir-esque. And I think uh, already from the trailer, Ben McKenzie looks like a very compelling lead, who, if you only know him as Ryan from the OC, uh, just starred for the last couple of years on the superb cop drama Southland. So he has more than proven his capability as um, portraying a, a character of, of police gravitas. Um, so I'm excited. I hope it doesn't uh, play too much into the any uh, films that Warner Brothers may have going on with Batman so that they can tell their own stories and not have to um, be shoehorned um, by that. Um, but beyond that, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, as long as it doesn't become like Arkham Babies, where you're just watching like early versions of the villains walking around, and has more of an emphasis on the old police, police aspect of it, which is something that I, what interested me, what interested me about the the, the concept of the show to begin with, I'll be completely fine with it, I think. But I mean, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I I do like what um, what I've seen from this trailer so far. I do like Ben McKenzie. I know I know him from Southland as well as the OC, as well as in a uh, Junebug, where it proved to me that he oh, can yeah. uh, he can rock a mustache, so he can be Commissioner Gordon all grown up if he wants to. But um, yeah, I'm excited for this show. I, Gordon, uh, I'm a huge Batman fan. Gordon is outside of Batman my favorite character in that universe. So having a show that features him as a lead character is pretty exciting for me. And the fact that it you know looks pretty good in my eyes is a nice little uh, thing to go along with the you know this existing. So I'm very I'm very happy and excited to, to see this show when it comes out in the fall. Anyway, let's uh, get back to 24. What else? Last thing, uh, ratings. You guys know, I happen to have the ratings in front of me. Do you know them offhand? Yeah, no? uh, about 8 million viewers, 0.5 rating, which is a little lower than the final season of 24 when it ended four years ago. But for today's marketplace, it's a definitive success. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, it's a, obviously a very crowded area. You obviously have the advent of DVR and streaming it's services. Better ratings than more any popular. other show on Fox, any other drama on Fox. Yeah, so the the Jack is back campaign has certainly paid off for this week, and we'll see how you know things go from here. But given the way the twenty four is structured, I don't see it dropping significantly in the coming weeks, just because people want to know what happens to Jack Bauer and Chloe. And Monday's a pretty tough night. 
show wise, there's a lot of competition, strong competition going on there, ratings wise too. All right. So with all that said, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's move into you know our recap of the of the series <clears throat> and our thoughts on it, whatever. So yeah, um, things we uh, we we launch in. We don't even launch in with the clock. We launch in just with a. Uh, a cold open. I don't think we have we ever had a cold. I don't think it ever has a cold open in twenty four. Uh, the first season, I, I believe, the first season. Did it? First season, one of the seasons did. Had like a, a like a cold. It wasn't as long as this, but there was like a sort of out of place scene. I think. All right. Well, that said, we open in East London. We have some very suspicious looking people walking around the crowd. We check in with uh the, with, with CIA London, <laughs> the, the London branch. Uh, where we meet uh, the chief, the station chief, Steve Navarro, who's played by Benjamin Bratt. He's coordinating some sort of mission. We also are introduced to to Kate Morgan, which is weird that her name is Kate Morgan, given that what the actress Yvonne Stravowski was on Dexter, the Morgans. But anyway, we see there, here she's there. She's packing up her desk for some reason. We're watching all that. We're, wa- we're watching Steve watch this mission unfold. There's some kind of high value subject that's been tracked to London. And they're looking to find out to catch that person. Do we ever? Do we ever not think it's Jack Bauer? I, I never. No, it's yeah. pretty obvious, right? Like oh he's, yeah. He's in a hoodie, so it's like, hmm, this mysterious guy we're trying to catch. Who could? Who could it be? But um, so basically, this leads to this elaborate chase setup sequence where the, these suspicious guys are walking around. They close in on one area. They unleash some kind of spider spy bot out of Minority Report or something. They launch it. They they infiltrate this like den of hobos and find Jack Bauer like sneaking away. I'm just gonna paraphrase because it's way easier. Um, den of hobos. Den of like hobos. That. Yeah. <laughs> so some guys running around. He starts taking out the agents non lethally, just kind of you know put, subduing them. Well, he, a, yeah, he gets a gun and he intentionally misfires mis- yeah, the guy. Mm-hmm. And eventually, um, Jack manages to escape the building in a a way that seems odd for Kate Morgan who would have predicted Jack Bauer to a to the, sorry the target to have run a different direction but anyway um, he, he Jack Bauer then makes his way to a nearby river finds himself surrounded and sub- submits to being um, taken in do we get the 24 at that point of the 24 flight yeah we do right yeah because we were because it's the big room like Jack Bauer. the events occur in real yeah. time cool cold cool cold open nice chase scene there yeah it's it's a little obvious but I was enjoying it um, I don't know if we mentioned, but we have, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Gabenga Akignave, is that how you say his name, from The Wire? Yeah, he's from The Wire. Yeah, that's... He's like Chris Parlow on The Wire, he's guest starred on The Good Wife, um, very compelling actor, um, as a CIA operative. For sure, and he, he's fitting so far that mo- that role of, like, the guy who, like, is frustrating because he's making, like, all the decisions that you just know are wrong, but, like, has to be the guy that kind of argues against other characters. Right. The guy that's like, hey, we, we did it. That's enough. The guy that's like, you know, let's not look into this any further than what's on the surface, guy. Exactly. And it's, like, frustrating. Especially because, you know, it's an, whenever I see an actor from a from The Wire, like, you know, play one of these type of characters, like, oh, my God, come on. I want to like you, but you're not doing you're not doing yourself any favors by being frustrated <laughs> the air. It's, like, stubborn about things. <laughs> so, yeah, moving on. Basically, we're introduced to, like, a whole bunch of the other characters in this uh this this episode as we lead into what Jack's up to. So we find we we meet up with with Heller, who's now the with sorry is it William William or no because it's William yep. Devane. Um, William Devane. Um, James, James Heller. Thank you, James, James Heller, Heller, who's now the president. Uh, we we learn that he's he's suffering from it's not it's like it's not really announced, but like it's some kind of 
He's it's, pro- it's probably assuming, Alzheimer's, right? Yeah, I'm assuming it's yeah. Alzheimer's. He's suffering from that. Uh, Tate Donovan's here as uh, the White House Chief of Staff. Mark? I have to tell you, I, if you had asked me, I would have sworn that Tate Donovan had been on 24 at some point before. Because it's, <laughs> it's like, like the perfect thing for him to have been on. Because like, so many similar actors filled very similar roles throughout the various seasons. Mm-hmm. He's perfect for a 24 universe White House. That's yeah. absolutely, Oh, for absolutely. sure, yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, he's, he's pretty good, too, so... Yeah, he's the White House Chief of Staff, and he's also married to Audrey Raines, who, of course, is the uh, the daughter of, of President Heller, who, of course, also, and she, of course, was once with, with Jack. Uh, so we have our nice little triangle set up right there. And Audrey, who's now been, because she was just, like, kind of a little nutso at the last time we saw her, which was, what, season six? Yes. Yep. Um, she's been since re- rehabilitated and is back to being, you know, a fairly normal human being again. And uh, Mark is eventually he eventually learns of Jack Bauer's presence in London and wants to keep that away from Audrey. That is not a thing that he wants. And he to wants see. to keep Jack away. He wants right. to keep Jack. Yeah, he wants to keep everything about the Bauer away. And we'll, we'll get to the extent that he wants to put that to soon. But uh, yeah, he's not a fan of this Jack Bauer person being uh, being brought back into the lives of of the the Hellers. Like, is, she, is she still Audrey Reigns at this point? Or is she? Just, no, they called her. Is he, is he Audrey Bordreau? Yeah, they called her Mrs. Bordreau. Just always want to say Audrey. I, I never just want to say Audrey. I always want to say Audrey Reigns. But even that like doesn't make sense because Reigns is is dead. Like he's yeah. like Mr. Reigns. But she, Reigns, she kept his name though. Yeah. yeah. No, but they definitely called her Mrs. Bordreau. All right. So um, with J- so this is actually pretty funny. So once Jack, kind of funny. It's a little dark. Uh, so once Jack's taken in by um. By Navarro into like you know on on en route to a CIA he makes the call to 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 uh, to Mark and immediately they're like get the torture going like get that set up like that seems like immediately like they'll call right away it's like get the spe- they call it special activity call it special, yeah, special. <laughs> I can't even say it <laughs> special activities <laughs> it's like right away like <laughs> bring out the torture let's get get that going <laughs> like, we have no time for this and it's like. It, we we've talked about torture on this show already, and we don't need to like kind of bring bring that back again. But it's just like, wow, okay, well, I mean, I, I it's certainly not emphasizing like this is the good way to do anything, but I mean, it's like, we're already like have a staple of twenty four like brought up right away, torture. But anyway, moving on, we do get the we we do get the scene of Kate telling Navarro about why something doesn't seem right about this, and she thinks Jack's is, Jack's up to something given. His experience and how he probably wouldn't get caught in as easy easily as he did, which I mean, leads, I, yeah, yeah. As a viewer, I personally figured if Jack Bauer is getting caught, Jack Bauer wants to get caught. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of this was pretty on the nose and obvious, like the the whole Kate, like you know, she knows she's apparently smarter than everybody else. No one else can think of this stuff. That was seemed rather obvious, mm-hmm. but I kind of felt twenty four coming back should have been. a like could have been a little bit better than that, but if this is how we the only have thing the gateway, that frustrated then... me is that Navarro seemed so close-minded. Yeah, exactly. The so... first thing that went to my head is either mole. a he's a mole or b he's working with Jack, which still could be the case. This is true. But he just seems so you know close to any other possibilities, and I guess they try to explain it away by giving Kate this rather relevant backstory regarding her husband, who used to work with them and sold secrets to China, was it? Yes. Yeah. So he's a traitor. Um, so she's trying to prove herself and that she wasn't involved. 
And, of course, there are parallels to Jack being considered a traitor and her husband now being a traitor. So I guess do you really want to listen to her? But still, Navarro, just consider a second possibility. I, it, it's a neat way to, like, introduce a character like Kate like that, since it's 24, so you're only going to have so much time to spend with them. So the idea of introducing, a, you know, a character like this who's has her own struggles to deal with and is supposed to leave within, you know, the week, it's you don't ha- you don't need to get it doesn't need to do much to get you invested in who she is because it has you have this kind of easy plot to work with in terms of like who she is and why she would be disagreed with even if that's frustrating which it is and why it's so on the nose I think is just because it's there's a lot of hand holding that has to be done for people that you know both aren't familiar with 24 or need to be caught up on 24 to blend with those who are you know have stuck with 24 or even have done something crazy like start a podcast about it so it's like it's trying such a thing as that right so it's like it has it has to reach the broadest audience possible so i get what it's doing i wouldn't be surprised if navarro has some other thing going on let i mean anybody's a suspect on 24 so it doesn't really matter um, the only one the only person that's not a mole is probably president heller because he wouldn't remember being the mole so i mean there's <laughs> there's 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 um there's there's literally reason to doubt that there's might not be something else going up going on here but um with that said, yeah, it's, you know, it's very purposeful in what it's doing and very obvious in what it's doing. But, it, I mean, at the same time, it gets to the point pretty quickly just because it has these very kind of archetypes of characters in play, which it can, you know, mold in the, you know, the coming hours based on where the plot's going to go. Before, before going further, commenting on that thought, as a fan, would you have rather have seen either what we got, which was... Um, you know, something new, but that follows the mold that we've come to expect and love, or because it's, you know, a new series, you know, years removed from before, and it's a shorter series, a, a radically different approach. Uh, I mean, what I, I would, of course, entertain the idea of seeing something new, just because it's new opposed to old. At the same time, I'm watching 24. I know what show I'm getting into. I've, you know, we've... I've, I've revamped my, my, my feelings towards the show, given our discussions on it in the past couple of weeks. And I'm, if this, if this episode wasn't as satisfying as it was, which I believe it was, then I, you know, I'd maybe say like, oh, I wish it was something different. But at the same time, or no, but I did like this episode quite a bit for being 24. That's why I liked it. I mean, it's certainly doing some different things given, you know, the setting and the involvement of the characters and how they've changed and whatnot. But I got a 24 episode and I thought it was a really good 24 episode. I agree for the most part. You know, the they they always say don't uh, fix it if it ain't broke. Yeah. And for the most part, twenty four was loved, even in later years when it maybe wasn't as good, because it was twenty four. Saying some things that leave for a while and come back feel different. Yeah, you true. Know, they're not able. Like, I don't want to go into too much detail, but Arrested Development, for example you know, was gone for a couple of years, it felt different. Whether or not that's good or bad is irrelevant. The fact is, remarkably, they were re- able to capture that the tone and the feeling of 24 as if they never, you know, missed a, a, a year. That Yeah, that is something that I really like about these episodes. It just feel, it feels like 24. It feels like all the kind of staples are there. 
I even to the point of like I like as much as it's frustrated to it's frustrating it is is to have like certain characters that just don't like listen or being stubborn for various reasons. I like being frustrated at those people. Like that's something I like about Twenty Four. That I'm like I'm like I feel like I'm actively involved because of how not emotional but like engaged I am because of my anger towards like a fictional character on a TV show. That's something I enjoy about the series. I, and it, it's the kind of thing where I'm like this this brings me back to watching the old series of 24 regardless of how the quality of the seasons overall yeah let's uh, let's, right. let's let's jump ahead let's, uh, let's yeah. get, we got we got a lot of show to cover here and I'm gonna jump all the way to Jack being brought in or no let me let sorry I back up here because we still got John Boyega from attack the block to deal with um yeah. so John Boyega from the excellent film attack the block is now American uh, he's now a, he's a U.S. drone pilot. Very convincingly, might I add. Uh, yeah, and uh, maybe a Jedi coming up soon. Yeah, he, he is in the new Star Wars cast. Um, yeah, so he's someone with such a thick, distinctive, ac- you know, regional accent. I, his his American accent was quite good. It was yeah, it was phenomenal. Allow it. So yeah, he's a pilot named Tanner. Um, he's we, we get we get the briefest of backstories involving him, where he has a wife and he's like expecting to leave and he doesn't get to. He he, he has to. Set pilot drones or what have you, and so well that's just the setup for right now. So there's this guy named Tanner. He's a little pissed off and he's piloting drones. Moving on, Jack's being brought in. Jack's been, Jack's being brought in. He's still saying nothing. He gets put into like a room. T- shirt's taken off and he's given all these monitors and everything. Scars and tattoos. Oh and yeah. Can I, can I say something? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, find hilarious. I, I would like to see like Jack Bauer is such like a, a distinct character. You know, we have in our pantheon, and, you know, everybody just knows him a certain way. I'd love to see the day he goes into the tattoo parlor to get the tattoos. <laughs> like, like, how does, what does Jack Bauer like? Like, oh, yeah, give me that. Well, like, is he into the tattoos? Is, like, it's just, hilarious. I know they're just Kiefer's normal tattoos, but I think it's just kind of funny to think of, like, you know, just someone that distinct and strong like that doing something normal, like getting a tattoo, just, if I find hilarious. Like Fred, Freddy Krueger ordering at McDonald's or something, like just putting that kind of person in like a normal thing. It seems funny. I want to know what's on Jack Bauer's iTunes playlist. Like that's what I want exactly, to know. Like it's yeah. The, yeah, I mean you want to know who this guy is, but at the same time it's like no, it's Jack Bauer. He's like whatever. Because yeah. <laughs> you don't think of him doing normal stuff ever. You just think of him saving the world. So when you see something like a tattoo, and I think like, huh, what was it like the day he went and got those? Like was, you know, because all we think of him. In after season one of Twenty Four, it's just this angry guy that's been burned so many times and saved the world and been through so many adventures. Once you have time to take a break and get oh. a tattoo. Speaking of which, Navarro does bring up his various <laughs> exploits. How he's how he's he, he's he's he knows what Jack's done for his country and he wants to get him to talk about why he's here. Given that the president's also in London, he's thinking maybe it has something to do with that. Meanwhile, like they're monitoring like his pulse and everything, and like he's just steady. Like Jack's a rock right now; he's not doing anything wrong. Kate pulls up some information. Easter eggs. Easter, yeah, Easter All eggs. Over yeah, the place. yeah. We I see Victor Drazen's name. Yeah, and... we see a list of pe- of confirmed kills that Jack Bauer is responsible for. <laughs> oh, uh, we do find out that Kim had another baby. Yep, a son. Yep. A son. So Jack has a grandson. Twenty four reboot season in twenty fifty eight. So yeah, Jack's being interrogated. Kate starts to what does she what she ask him that like gets his pulse to rise? That he wanted to get caught. Exactly. So she knows something's up, and she knows that Jack knows that she knows that something's up. Is that complicated enough? Um, I think at some point we get this like we get a weird cross cut over to what's also happening in special activities, which is our introduction to Chloe. 
Um, she who is now Chloe with the dragon tattoo. Um, she she is being tortured currently in special activities, and it looks horrendously terrible for her. Like, not not only has twenty four had Tobin Bell, but they also now have a saw bathroom in the basement yeah. of the CIA where they torture people. The torturing going on in in special activities is a bit different from the Bauer era of torture. From this drug induced, it's more chemical torturing, which is almost worse. Yeah, it's rough. Looks pretty rough, for, especially for Chloe. Like of all people, you don't know why this is happening either. You don't know why she looks the way she does, but soon we will find out. So, moving on, uh, Jack's eventually escorted down to special activities, and Jack in handcuffs does. I mean that 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 barely makes anything stop him. <laughs> like he so he has like he has something planted in like his his like hand where he can cut. It's like a button of some kind where he can press it and he activates. Like a signal for his other guy who's on the outside of the CIA to start doing stuff. But um, we don't know that that's that's connected, right? I mean, it seems it seems that way. Like it kind of to me seemed like is this guy with Jack? Is this guy doing something else in the story? I don't know. I feel like the yeah. I know. I never yeah, okay. just thought. I never didn't think that he didn't have some kind of connection to what Jack was doing. Um, okay. But I mean, it does. I mean, we quickly learn that yeah, Jack's been, of course, wanted to get caught the whole time, and his plan is apparently to rescue Chloe. That's been what he's been after all along. We don't know necessarily why as of yet, but which is kind of sweet if it didn't result in so much violence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But even then, Jack Jack is able to kind of subdue all the people escorting him to special activities. He threatens a guy. His first words, well, his first words are "Take me to her now," which comes forty minutes into the. I checked too, forty minutes into the episode when he finally actually says something. In this first episode, Jack Bauer redefines stoic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so he breaks in, he gets Chloe, he gives her like an adrenaline shot, she wakes up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much stuff. Uh, meanwhile, like, Kate's like in the background, she's trying to like get everything, she's like about to be escorted out of the building. Like, she's like been pressing her hand too much and getting on the nerves of people who aren't listening to her. So she has to like... She has to like tase a couple guards and be able to in order to sneak back in, so she can try to catch Jack before he escapes again. Uh, as frustrating it is as it is for all these people to be ignoring her, I guess we kind of have to see it from their context. Like here's this woman who is on her way out, and her husband's a traitor, and we just want her to, to shut up so we can get on with our business and maintain our 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 reputation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like uh, Do you like uh, Yvonne Strahovski in general, like as an actress? I, I do because I was a huge Chuck fan and I loved her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's basically where I, I come from. Like yeah. I didn't like her on Dexter, but that's because I think the character was terribly written. Yeah, it was during terrible times on Dexter too. So yes. right, yeah. um, but I do. She brings a lot of goodwill for me from Chuck, um, and I do like her. And obviously, she has some experience playing a spy. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. And it was amazing that she was both on this and on the premiere of Louie last night as well, which is like, oh my god, she's everywhere. That's good. It's a good week for her. She's uh, talented, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, more chase happens. Jack Jack has Chloe. She's kind of like strung out, but like an, able enough to 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 run through a high tense tra- chase sequence with Jack through the the bowels of London CIA. Uh, <laughs> Kate's right behind. Jack's doing some clever stuff. He like blows up a big gas the uh, main to cause a huge explosion and make a distraction he eventually gets cornered in a certain room but of course jack has plenty of tricks up his sleeve as he uh 
has his has his guy on the outside like fire a rocket into the into the ground and make a big hole for him to escape, complete with like a cool ladder. Super awesome. Yeah. yeah, that ladder was sweet. I was like, I gotta get me one of those. Yeah. Yes. The twenty four escape ladder. <laughs> yeah. So this all leads to basically Jack getting Chloe out, saying, you know, hey, I did this. Good job. I'll give you the cell phone, and you can take off, and we'll meet up later or whatever. Um, little does Chloe know that Jack has some other intentions in mind. Uh, Jack doesn't have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so much, like, I'm trying... It's it's weird talking about 24 as opposed to something like Sleepy Hall, which we normally do, where it's it's way more straightforward. This is 24, so you have, like, all these different plots overlapping each other, so I want to not miss anything, but, you know, we right. only... Did we mention um, the analyst that uh, Kate was working with? No, who looks yeah. like uh, Josh Hartnett. Oh. <laughs> it's like Josh Hartnett Milo. That's that's what that was. Josh the, Hartnett Milo. Yeah. Definitely has a Milo thing going on. I can't remember the actor's mm-hmm. name, but he was seen on last season of True Blood as a fairy, um, and I recognized him from that. And yeah, well, he, he helps out Kate. And of I don't course, know if he has a thing for Kate or what, but he helps. Yeah, he helps her out. Oh yeah, it's either you know it's either he has a thing for Kate or he's of course secretly working to try and kill the president. So I mean, there's it's one one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> there's no real room for gray on this one. No one's really a friend. They're just trying to see their own thing. Kate Kate basically gets put back in back in charge of of resolving this Jack situation after much you know, to Tanner's chagrin. Yes, and um, I don't know what happens to the guys that she tased on her way out, but um, I guess I guess we're sweeping that under the rug for now because she has to go help find Jack. Is there anything else that happens in this episode? It's really uh, okay. We do we do get some more Heller. We get some more like, hey, you're uh, not remembering certain things at the wrong time or whatnot. But I mean, we'll get there's more of that coming. The last thing that happens in this first half of the episode, because we just we'll just get to the second half of the episode or the second half of the premiere. The last thing that happens is that our boy Tanner is operating his drones. He just like basically finishes up, and suddenly out of nowhere, someone else controlling his drone from the out from outside of the building that he's in. Um, takes control, targets a, a military convoy in Afghanistan, I believe, right? Yep. And um, deploys a rocket and like just blows up and kills like like four guys and injures a bunch of people. And that's the end of the first episode. We get like a shot of like some guy that was like apparently involved. Um, and like that's the first episode. So bad things for Tanner, who's like just like what happened here? And <laughs> no, this is not good. Yeah, that's the first episode. Let's just let's go let's go straight into the second one. Let's any other thoughts on this first one before we get into the other? I was just gonna say I'm sorry. I called um, Kabanga's character Tanner when and that's not the case. Tanner is the is John Boyega's character. Yeah, the mm-hmm. yeah the um, Kabanga's Eric Eric Ritter. He's the other uh, CIA field guy. All right, so next episode. The following takes place between 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of speaking of Eric, he is now teamed with Kate. That does not make him happy, but they have to go find Jack. Um, and then we get to Chloe, who reunites with her hacker organization. I think I wrote it down. What's it called? The the Free Information Hackers Group, which I think is a pretty clear parallel to Anonymous. Anonymous or WikiLeaks or yeah, it's like halfway between WikiLeaks and Anonymous, definitely. So they're they're anti-American, but they're uh, approaching it from a computer point of view as opposed to violence. And we learn a lot about what Chloe's been up to in the four years since the finale, since the, since day eight of 24, where she's, she's, she's no longer with Morris. I <laughs> obviously, I think, um, yeah. she's some jail time. She served some jail time. She's, uh, she's been leaking information with her group. 
and um, she now operates under the uh, command of Adrian Cross, who's played by everyone's favorite villain, yeah. Michael Wincott. Did you get the me. impression that Chloe and Adrian were an item? I did not get that impression from watching this episode. I will be curious if we see more of I imagine we'll be seeing more of that in future. Did you? Did you get that impression? A bit. I, I mean, I, I don't think I would have brought it up if I didn't. I mean, just the way he seemed to react when she returned, it was either she was clearly his second-in-command or they were stupping. Yeah, it certainly... I mean, because the, so, the situation, despite, you know, how how hacker grungy it seems it seemed very cozy as well where everyone's kind of in with each other like they're all friends with each other right um yeah. but yeah i can see where you're coming from on that with that said yeah adrian cross is introduced played by michael wincott um interesting to see michael wincott with short hair for one thing but uh also interesting to see him be presumably not a terrible person for now we'll see where that goes <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you cast Michael Wincott and not have him turn into be the worst person on the show. <laughs> exactly, which makes me wonder how many tricks twenty four has up his sleeve, or maybe it's like a giant red herring, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's exactly how it looks, but it, it could be playing up your expectations just because of that casting alone. Yep. Um, but with that said, Adrian, Adrian, he's told what um, that Chloe was, you know, was was captured, tortured, and then rescued at random by Jack Blauer, and then he let her go. So obviously, he's like, "We got to get this out of here. We got to stop these things right now." <laughs> yeah. And immediately, once he says that, Jack Blauer and his partner burst into the room with guns drawn. <laughs> um, uh, Jack is apparently looking for somebody named Derek Yates because Jack intercepted some kind of intel that's related to an assassination attempt on President Heller, and Yates' name was connected. Adrian says he's no longer with them. He'd been selling information and hacking into military systems, so Adrian gave him the boot with all that out of the way. And this was, of course, not... This information was not given easily. They had to, you know, do some macho strutting before... Jack was just running around, shouting his name, and who's that? Yeah. Kind of, kind of humorous. Yeah. Which one of you was Derek Yates? Yes, who was Derek When this scene happened... The whole, whole rest of the episode, I was expecting a reveal that Jack was, like, deep undercover and working, like, directly for President Heller or something. I could, yeah, I could see that. Or some other organization. I'm not saying I think that's the case now, because I thought the reveal would happen in this episode. It, it just seems odd to me that, I mean, obviously Jack Bauer has always wanted to save the country, but he's clearly he also has resentment for what they've put him through but he doesn't work in a team either it seems weird yeah i don't know i agree i think there's more than i think we're in for a lot of twists twists i think more so than in other seasons of 24 where i i approached it more as a thriller i'm really interested to fill in the gaps of the last four years and i like that they're playing that up a little bit like it's clear that things have happened that will become important or relevant for sure, and to like stop with the plot for a second and just talk about you know these people that we're involved with, mainly uh, Keeper Sutherland and Marilyn Rescue. Twenty four, you know, it's an exposition. It's an exposition show. It's a show that's for, very very focused on forward momentum. It doesn't have a lot of time for character building necessarily. It's there, but it's not a show that's about that compared to other shows. So seeing things like Chloe make reference to the fact that, you know, I'm your friend, Jack, you could have just asked me, and then seeing Jack Kiefer give, like, you know, some of the slightest of ticks on his face, it is neat to see Kiefer back in this role and still filling in... Like he didn't miss a beat. Yeah, he, <laughs> he didn't miss a beat, but he's also filling in moments of, like, 
where this character is now compared to where he was and how he can how he can how he brings enough gravitas to this role where he doesn't have to do a lot to make Jack Bauer work as a character on screen for you. He's not just it's it would be easier for him to just be action guy, but he is more than that. I think it it works. He's, he's so convincing as this tough guy though that even the smallest shred of emotion which that facial tick was is really affecting. Yeah. Like I could like was could See, he was almost overwhelmed just to hear someone say that he that he had a friend, but there was no dialogue necessary, and that speaks to how great Kiefer has always been in this role. And at the same time, you have Marilyn Raskov, who, I mean, she's given the biggest overhaul of all the characters. I mean, of, there's only so many returning characters, but I mean, we, she, this is not, she's still, you know, scowling. It's still, she's still Chloe, and she's still the closest thing we have to some kind of relief on this show, given that it's very serious and very to the point about what it's doing. But it is neat to see her like in this new kind of realm of what she's having to do as a character. Like she's still very tech focused, but now she's on the other side. She's she's working to expose, you know, various things that you know the government wants to keep under wraps and things like that. So it's I'll be curious if we get more of why this change happened or what led to that beyond surface ideas of oh I lost this guy I cared about and things like that. But we'll see. Well, I think beyond any mystery, time and time again, Jack and Chloe fought tooth to nail to save America and its leaders from all sorts of escalating threats. And, I mean, what the hell did they get in return? Mm-hmm. They were abused and called traitors? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not exactly fair. It brings to, to mind a lot of interesting ethical questions, which I think the show always has done. You know, you say it's, you know, propulsive and forward momentum and lots of exposition, which it is, but it does by maintaining its place in a political um, realm bring up really interesting topical questions, which mean nothing more so in this premiere than drones. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is, you know, very much uh, something as a country and society we're dealing with now. So I was happy and um, impressed that they have integrated such a thoughtful and relevant um, <clears throat> aspect into it, into this plot. So speaking of drones, we do learn that Yates was behind the drone attack. Um, he's back in some sleazy apartment room that's being, being protected by a bunch of drug dealers. Um, he gets a call from some woman who's purchasing his device, and uh, Yates assures her that the U.S. military has no clue what he's doing, and he's already arranged for the perfect patsy. Um, which will bring us back to Tanner. But before we do that, the woman is played by Michelle Fairley, um, best known for from Game of Thrones recently. Um, what do we think of her kind of introduction into the series? It seemed uh, kind of unique, having a, a woman for right now on Pensive Purpose's, Purpose's Big Bad. It just it kind of felt... She seemed, um, overall, like after we got to see her a little bit more, she doesn't see... She seems powerful, yet... I don't know, alone? <laughs> it's I don't know if we have enough about her yet. She had a very chilling presence. Chill, yes. Yes, there you go. Um, a cold and chilling presence, and I think she will prove, and uh, we'll get more into later about something else that happens regarding her character, but um, she seems like an interesting character for this show. Um, and I, I have a feeling that her intention has more to do with I, I'm curious to find out why she wants to buy the device. Yeah. So with that, 
out of the way, we get back to Tanner, who's now being questioned by military security. He explained what happened, and he fights for, you know, being innocent in all this, but his name has been associated with negative comments written online about the very man that he was responsible for killing. All the records seem to indicate that he's behind everything, and things right now are frustratingly not looking good for Tanner. I don't know how to be, like, in that kind of situation. I don't know what, like, my reaction would be if I was on the other side of that situation listening to this person. But it's so frustrating to know that, like, he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, being, oh, like... yeah. I, I was really impressed with John Boyega in that scene, too. And um, I am already care quite a bit about his character, partly because of how frustrating it was as an audience member to know he's innocent and watch him, you know, and hope that he gets cleared. But he's also kind of just really charismatic and likable, even without his distinct accent. Um, he's just a very, you know, unique and, 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 and passionate presence on screen. So I'm going to be rooting for him as long as his character is, you know, part of this and hope that he gets clear. So we get back to the how this drone strike has affected things. So we have now Heller's meeting with the British Prime Minister, who's played by Stephen Fry. So I like. I didn't know he was in it. I like squealed when I saw him. I was so. <laughs> yeah. So well, it was like Stephen Fry, and then you turn around and Colin Salmon. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a tre- it's a treasure trove of character actors here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> which which twenty four always has been, but it's so mm-hmm. nice to just see them still pulling out these great people to to fill in their their even small roles. So, with with that said, Heller is basically, he's made aware of the drone strike, he's made aware that two of the people killed were British, which could jeopardize discussions for a joint military project, and the rest of the plot involving him for this episode, it focuses on how he's choosing to, he wants to, he wants to make a, he wants to make an address, and he, he, he knows that he'll be challenged by everyone coming his way, and Mark needs to, his chief of staff needs to prepare him for that kind of level of arguments being thrown his way because he, of course, might have some issues given his health. Um, I I have to say, I was really taken by um, William Devane's performance. Oh, yeah. So he's doing a tremendous job at um, creating quite a bit of sympathy for the character. Um, I mean, we've spent time with Heller before, and he's you know always been a good guy and a likable guy, but I thought he was very, very, very good in these episodes. Yeah, he's got he's been great like for different reasons at different moments in twenty four. Like the end of season six, which was a poor season, but his scene at the end was terrific of that. And then he brings a whole nother level of things here in this opening two episodes. It's just he he's like at on the one hand like the sad old man that you just kind of feel bad for, and mm-hmm. on the other hand he still has so much power. You know, besides the fact that he's the POTUS. Just as a as an actor, he's bringing like this nice balance between those two, you know, very uh, you know, differing things, and it's just working really well for me. And within this uh, this plotline, we also still have Mark dealing with the fact that that Jack Bauer is around, and he doesn't want Jack Bauer around the Hellers whatsoever. And he basically gives the instructions that if Jack Bauer is found, if they do capture him, that he needs to be he needs to be like blacklisted. He needs to be put away. He needs to be sent to the Russians, who apparently he's responsible yes. for killing two agents of, and they'd be happy to have their hands on Jack Bauer. So, I, I just have a feeling that none of this is going to end well for Mark. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if Mark has even more nefarious things up his sleeve than that, but for the time being, it's Mark. Mark's not a great guy. <laughs> I mean, I get no. from from his point of view, if he is in fact a good guy in general, I see where that's coming from. Although 
it's still a little like, come on, you're throwing a guy away. He's like, pretty intense. Like, yeah. I mean, there there was no build to any of this. He was intense from the moment he heard Bauer. Yeah. He reminds me of the character Peter McNichol played. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. I can't remember his character's name, but in terms of, of similar characters in the series past, I, I mean, I definitely think part of it, he, he wants to protect his wife. Audrey, yeah, for sure. But there's also obviously something a little selfish. And yeah, yeah. And it's the kind of thing where 24 again, n- no one's innocent until proven innocent on the yeah. show. Everyone's in it for themselves until shown otherwise. Yeah. So moving back to Jack and Chloe, Chloe asks Jack why he's doing all this. Jack says he owes Heller and his family. Uh, so Chloe, and <clears throat> Chloe, Chloe then sees the kind of drone attack that's happening. She finds out the drone was piloted on a base in England using the same system Yates had been hacking. Adrian gives Jack the name of a heroin dealer named Basher, with whom Yates has been associated with. And Chloe... It's basically a character from a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, exactly. Basher. Yeah. Um, and Chloe offers to go with Jack so he could be his comm support. So we got that relationship back on track right there. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take like, any time at all. They're like, back into the old swing of things. I'll be on your comm, Jack. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile, we have Kate. She's like... She's tracing the cell phones that have. She did something techy, and they got cell phones. So they're like, they're fighting, <laughs> they're fighting Jack and Chloe. I mean, who cares? I mean, <laughs> they found them. They're 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 heading their way. Um, computers. Yeah, computers. Um, hashtag computers. <laughs> um, Jack pulls pulls up to Basher's building. Chloe stays in the van to provide assistance. That's just that's twenty four one zero one right there. Um, Jack breaks into the apartment building. He breaks into Bash's apartment. He grabs a guy. This is a pretty cool scene. I like this little like little face off. Yeah, so Jack awesome. Jack grabs one of ba- Bash's guys. He he th- he doesn't outright. Th- well, he basically threatens Basher. He tells him that you guys may you may you may see like you guys are like good because there's four of you and one of me, but you don't know he, what's going on here. He says you may think you have an advantage, but you don't. <laughs> and I'm just like da na 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 Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah, uh, like uh, Yates is like right behind the like the door that Basher's like protecting with his men, and Jack's like trying to get to Yates. Basher does not agree with this. The guy Jack's holding hostage is shot. This whole action scene happens. Jack like viciously slashes Basher's face, which is like, oh my! I like literally jumped for his. I was like, oh my god, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> he got him right in the neck. Yeah, I mean, if you don't work for the government, and you're in these scenarios. Just do whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that working for the government would have stopped Jack before, but... Well, it's 24 pardons to get handed out all the time. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm sure there'll be three pardons handed out by the end of the season. <laughs> um, so, like, meanwhile, Yates, with his girlfriend, they're, like, sneaking out the back of this apartment. They're running away. Jack eventually gets out of this mess of people he has to beat up to get to him. And they're, ch- they're chasing after each other. As soon as Jack gets, like, close to Yates and his girl, Kate and their people, they come up, and they're like, Jack Bauer, freeze. <laughs> he stopped. Jack's like yelling. He's like, "Stop! Okay, I'll I'll stop, but you got to catch them too." And then they're all interrupted by Basher, who starts just shooting at Jack from a distance. So like, Yates gets away with the girl. Jack manages to like sneak around away into a, a basement area. We'll get to that in a second. And like Basher, I guess he gets shot or something. Like we don't even know what happens. But I don't think he matters anymore. Although he just fell down. He's kind of fell down. Um, you so, can see. Um, Jack trying to play to, to Kate. Kate. Yes, I yeah. think he saw something of a kindred spirit. You know, someone who kind of gets him. And... Well, she pulled a Jack Bauer by when he first met her by 
coming into the interrogation room and locking the door behind her. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that before the day is over, they're going to be working together. Oh, before the like next two hours are over, they're probably going to be working <laughs> together. Um, like, and she's very much she like has that kind of Renee Walker quality to her. I think that we can yeah, very see much that in her a softer right. Renee Walker. Yeah, for now, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Renee so it started out pretty soft. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So Jack's okay. So Jack's in the parking lot thing. Kate and her men, they're all in looking for Jack. Jack sneaks up behind Kate, knocks her out. He basically says, "Get out of my, stop getting in my way." But yeah, well, get whatever. Get, I'm gonna knock you out now, and I'm gonna leave. He leaves. He Chloe pulls up in her car, uh, which she hot wired, and Jack's like, "Nice job." And um, yeah, I know. And then they uh. He's like so proud. And so, yeah, so Jack gets in Chloe's car, they drive off. Um, uh, Previously, what before um, Jack was actually chasing after Yates, he he did did manage to grab a USB that had information about the the device that Yates has. Uh, uh, Chloe puts puts the thing in and she looks at these schematics, but then this self-destruct thing activates and they lose all all the data except for like one image. Which is, you know, horribly inconvenient, but also like, oh, at least we got one, and now they're back at like ground zero of like, how do we find uh, Yates and this device before bad things happen? So there's that. That's the end of Jack's plot. We get back to Yates. Yates is now trying to find a new buyer. He thinks that Jack Bauer was sent by Margot, who's Michelle Fairley's character, to you know take him out as opposed to paying him. And so he's like, all right, I gotta find a new situation here. I gotta get rid of this. So that's his plan right now. So he, but then he stops off at the bathroom. Yates' girlfriend follows him in there, and instead of sexy time, as he was thinking what might happen, he instead gets stabbed in the ear and dies, which is horrible and looks very graphic. Sucks for Yates. Yates is dead, but uh, the girlfriend, she, pull, she pulls out the uh, the device, she leaves, and of course she reveals that she is not Eastern European and blonde, but in fact a red-headed English woman. Uh, she calls Margot. She tells him, she tells her that she has the device now, but warns her about Jack Bauer. We then learn that these two are mother daughter, and that's how the episode ends. Twist. Dum, beep, boop, I'll just say beep. this. I'll be upfront about it. We had we had a bit of a technical snafu, so we're a little, a little less jazzed about talking about the end of this episode because <laughs> we already did it, and it's kind of sucked. We didn't have that on the recording. Maxwell um, Maxwell made a babies all grown up comment. We laughed really hard. I made a reference Brandon to Scream Two. Uh, Yates being stabbed in the ear to Omar Epps in Scream 2, which was, you know, laugh-worthy. Oh, yeah. We, there were there was good times that were had. But, whatever. We're moving on. So, with all that said, two-night, or two-night, two-hour season premiere, 24 Live Another Day. Maxwell, what did you think of the episode? I, I mean, for the most part, I love both of the episodes. Like I've been saying a couple times throughout the podcast, what impressed me the most was how, you know, the whole production team and the actors, etc., were able to create new episodes of a show that's been off for a while that felt like, you know, part of the same series. The tone, the style, everything fit, which is not as easy as might think when you haven't been doing it for a long time and you have to start over. Um, What I also really liked, um, besides um, how thrilling it was, is how, compared to some of the later seasons of the show, where I felt like it got too big for its britches, it felt relatively intimate. I mean, yes, there's, of course, an assassination attempt on the president, but nothing felt so large-scale. You had a handful of characters um, who you were catching back up with or meeting for the new first time. Um, there weren't too many or no really uh, extraneous 
nonsensical plots that didn't tie into the larger narrative. Even like the little backstories they're creating for characters that could cause potential problems down the line fit in with the overall narrative. And I was just you know, really satisfied to see Jack back and, you know, more stoic and badass and awesome than ever. Brandon? I, I thought the episode, I, I like both of them. I thought it started out at, at a point and just kept building and building. By the by the end of hour two, I was just jazzed and ready to go. And that whole, ah, I got to wait a week, came back with 24. It was had some great moments, um, some new great moments to add, like we talked about with um, Jack and the Guy Ritchie movie type guy. That scenario was classic. Twenty four, one of the highlight moments. Um, a lot of like just, it, you know, I feel like you know what you're getting with twenty four, and then they still leave you with plenty of mystery that you just don't know. Which I'm, I'm just jazzed. It's back, and it came back solid, and I was highly entertained. Like I said, just kept building as it went. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. I, I, you know, we we're obviously doing this this podcast because we like Twenty Four, and it's nice to see that this return has so far yielded very positive results. It is not great to see Jack Bauer back. It's great to see a lot of the returning cast members be back and adding different dimensions to these, you know, established character types that they already had. Um, and I like this set. I'll be curious to see how much more they incorporate the kind of London setting here so far. I can't say that it like really stood out necessarily in the same way that like the DC season did, or even of course, Jack in Africa, obviously, um, which is what I call it now. Who needs to call it 24 redemption? We can just call Jack in Africa. (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, (laughs) but, um, compared to, I mean, something we talked about that Brandon and I talked about last week is how New York wasn't really a character in the show. Um, which was, you know, disappointing for, given that they're, you know, making an effort to be like, hey, look, we're in something new, we're in someplace new now. Um, I wouldn't say that London's really standing out so far yet, but I'm, you know, excited. I've, obviously, they filmed in London, so I'm excited to see how they make that work. I don't know that. I don't know that it's going to because they're not filming there, right? No, they did film. They did. They did. They oh, they did film. Okay, yeah, they filmed in okay. London. They filmed every episode in London. Yeah. You can, All right. Well, then. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it. They didn't. It. They didn't just use fancy special effects to make the sky very gray all day. It's uh, uh, it's actually in London. I, I, I think now that you know the setup is clear and you know they're out on the run, I, I do think it will become more of a character. And one thing that that's interesting is they kept mentioning CCTV. I have a feeling that's going to become more and more into play because if you don't know, listeners, uh, London has the world's most advanced and present system of CCTV cameras. Um, there are more uh, security cameras in London than anywhere else in the world, and the police monitor all of them. So I have a feeling that's going to come into play um, at some point. It would be silly, not a, you know, sort of a waste of the location and what it brings if it doesn't. For sure. I agree. So um, let's see. Yeah, I think... Because we've been going long already, because we had a two two hour season premiere. And the following episodes will be more condensed because we'll just have less episode to talk about. Because inside, uh, we kind of hinted at this, but I wanted to do a thing each week where we talked about who we think is going to be the mole. And I know we brought up a lot of potentials already. Any, any, any. If you had to like put your bet on one person, who do you think would be is the mole in this in this season? Uh, I would put uh, the, the obvious. The obvious seems to be Tate Donovan, but I'm going to put money on it being. The, the guy who helped uh, Kate Morgan uh, with files and stuff at the CIA. Got it. My prediction is that there is no mole this season. Oh. 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 
Are, are we to believe that CTU doesn't exist anymore? I mean, who knows? Not when you have what um, the special treatment room, special activities, special activities, special activities yeah. room. Yes, I just thought they could have made it London CTU, but they were clear, you know it was a clear choice to be CIA and not CTU. Huh. All right. All right. Well, with that said, let's uh, let's get to what next week has to offer us. I think we have a really brief synopsis, which I think actually serves as a, smi- a, mild, a mild spoiler, if I'm reading this correctly, actually. Brandon, do you have the yes the, the 1 o'clock to, what is it, 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock episode next week? Is it going to be 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock? Or? I guess so, right? No, not well, necessarily. Not necessarily. They're going to jump because it's going to be over 24 hours, but only 12 episodes. Oh, okay. Oh, so I don't even know. Then. Yeah, some uh, episodes may take place later in the day. Yeah, I have a feeling they'll do that between weeks instead of like you know, like last night went two hours in a row. But next, I'm week wondering if it, it'll be like if there's a gap, it'll be an hour, or if you may pick up at like the following takes place between one forty-five and and twelve forty-five, or like three thirteen and four thirteen. Yeah, what, I, yeah. What, I've heard they'll play with stuff like that. What's the scenario for next week? Okay, next week, Kate Morgan continues her hunt for Jack as Heller prepares to address Parliament after a devastating attack. Mar- Margot Alharazi proves she is willing to sacrifice anything for revenge. And if all goes according to plan, events will occur in real time. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we're, getting, we're getting a last name, which I think hints, hints at some details about her past, apparently, which might provide some perspective on what's going on, but we still don't know yet, so we'll see where that goes. Okay, so we're now nearing the end of our transmission for this week. Feel free to email us at jcadventurecast at gmail.com let us know your thoughts on this premiere episode of 24 or your thoughts on this upcoming season in general uh, follow us on twitter at jcadventurecast or check out our facebook page facebook.com slash jcadventurecast and be sure to check out all the other shows on the hhwlod network that is the podcast network that hosts our site as well as other shows like the Icapod Cranecast which Brandon Maxwell and I previously did before this podcast I recommend it mm-hmm. um, out now Baron and Aid, the Walking Dead TV podcast lots of other fun shows and games and comics and fun stuff like that. Maxwell, where can people find more of your work? People can uh, follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell or visit my blog at cinemaxwell.com. You can also find my select writings at theyoungfolks.com where, if you already haven't heard enough about my thoughts on 24, I will be uh, doing write-ups of the episodes each week. And Brandon? Uh, you can find my work at Why So Blue. Um, and also on my blog, Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. Also on Twitter at BT Peters. And you can also you can also leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830. You can indicate that you want to talk about this show and leave some kind of message that we might be able to, you know, if it's a question or something about the show or just thoughts in general, you'll be able to play it on the uh, on the podcast. So yeah, that's it for this week's episode 24 of the Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast. Uh, subscribe to our show on iTunes by the way it would be great to get more people on that actual feed since we have it now but uh, until next time how about we lay down a fun fact yes passed out surrounded by terrorists and nerve gas and handcuffed to a table leg Jack Bauer laughed to himself and said I have them right where I want them (laughs) thank you and good night (laughs) 